Hey there, Kermaholics. It's your host, Kinsey. Welcome back. I'm here with another Missing Mondays episode. Missing Mondays was a segment that was created because 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. at any given time. While some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. It is my goal here at Kermaholics to keep missing persons' name and information in the media to aid in their return home the best that we can. On this episode of Missing Mondays, I will be bringing you the disappearance of Amanda K. Jones. She was a beautiful 26-year-old pregnant mother who was expecting to be giving birth in just a few weeks prior to her disappearance. At the time of Amanda's disappearance, she was a single mother to her four-year-old daughter, Hannah, and she was pregnant with her second baby named Hayden, and she was due in just a few weeks. According to Amanda's friends and family, she was living just a totally normal life. She had a really great job at a local bank as a loan processor and was a very social girl and big into being family-oriented. If it wasn't just her and Hannah spending time alone, her and Hannah were over at Amanda's grandparents' house spending time with the family. She was one of the most loving people to be around, and it was always a big deal to her being a mother. She always was so loving and attentive to Hannah and was so excited to be bringing a second baby into the world, even though she knew she'd be doing it on her own. Amanda knew that she did such a good job raising Hannah that she should be able to raise a second baby as well, and she knew that she would, no matter what, have the support of her family if it was needed. In December of 2004, the bank that Amanda worked at, which was Eagle Bank, held a Christmas party at the Civic Center in Hillsboro, Missouri. A man named Brian Westfall was working at the Civic Center that night serving drinks to the party. Him and Amanda met during the party and the two of them just hit it off and they ended up speaking most of the night. After the party, the two of them would ultimately go home together. And not long after the Christmas party, Amanda finds out that she is expecting her second baby. She gets in contact with Brian, goes to the Civic Center with her daughter Hannah to tell him the news. Brian is very adamant that Amanda is not to have this baby and he offers her money for an abortion. Amanda already being a mom, she feels that an abortion is just what is not best for her and tells Brian, don't worry, I will raise this baby on my own. Although Amanda never heard from Brian during the time of her pregnancy, that did not stop her excitement and she continued all the preparations necessary to bring her baby Hayden into this world. That was until August 14th, 2005 when she planned on meeting up with Brian prior to having Hayden to hopefully give him the option one more time to be a part of the baby's life. On the morning of August 14th, 2005, which was a Sunday, her family said that Amanda and Hannah came to church that day and Amanda was just glowing. She had a huge smile on her face. She was so happy to be there with her family and was just over the moon excited that Hayden would be coming soon. And even that morning, she had just put all the final touches on his nursery. After their church service concluded, Amanda tells her family that Brian had given her a call earlier that day and asked if they could meet at the Civic Center in Hillsborough where he was working that day at 1 p.m. so they could talk about the baby. Her family felt this was a little off due to Brian not being around the entire pregnancy, but they were hoping that this was it and that he was going to step up and be the father he needed to be to baby Hayden. Amanda made the decision to leave Hannah with her family this time instead of taking her with to meet Brian. Amanda was in a good mood, nothing seemed off, and they were expecting to see her in just a few hours. But this would be the very last time that anyone would ever see Amanda alive or pregnant. 
After meeting at 1 p.m. at the Civic Center, the plan was for the two of them to go to a restaurant called Off the Hook, which was just about six miles from the Civic Center. When several hours go by and no one hears from Amanda, her family starts to get really concerned. It was not like Amanda to not contact her family to let them know that she'll be late or for her to just not return. She was set to have her baby at any time. She was already having contractions and baby Hayden was head down ready to go. Their initial thought was what if Amanda had went into labor while they're at lunch with Brian? So they try Amanda on her cell phone but they're not getting any answers. The first couple calls they made went straight to voicemail and so they decided to call her home phone but all they got was the answering machine. With her family not getting any answers from Amanda, her oldest sister Carrie gets in her car and drives to Amanda's house thinking that maybe she was in labor at home by herself and was not able to answer the phone. When she arrives at Amanda's home, she goes inside, she's looking all over the place and Amanda is nowhere to be found. She goes over to the answering machine and tries to listen to all of the calls that were on there and all that was on the answering machine was the voicemails that her family left on the phone. A family friend of Amanda's who attends her family's church lives close to Hillsboro Civic Center, so they offered to take a drive over there to see if they could find Amanda or her car. When they arrive at the Civic Center, they find Amanda's car sitting there in the parking lot, and when they open the car, it is completely empty. Amanda's purse and cell phone were not in there. This, of course, sends her family into a complete panic. They call the police with their concerns and report her missing. After calling the police, they know it's probably best to try and track down Brian to ask him where Amanda was. In the beginning, they were little concerned about how they're going to be able to track him down because they had never met Brian before. They just knew that his name was Brian Westfall. So it being 2005, her mom was able to use a phone book to track down Brian. There was only one Westfall in the phone book and thankfully it just so happened to be Brian's parents. Her mom makes a phone call to Brian's family's home and asks if a man named Brian Westfall lived there and his parents say yes and Brian gets on the phone and her mom lets him know who she is and says that I know you met my daughter Amanda today for lunch and we are under the impression that she was supposed to be there at off the hook and she would be home in just a few hours. She has not returned home and we're trying to figure out if you know where she is and if you have heard from her. Ryan tells her mom that they did go to lunch at Off the Hook, but while they were there, Amanda went to the bathroom and she never came back. Shortly after this, they talked to Brian for a second time. He changes his story and says that Amanda was not hungry and he wasn't hungry, so the two of them never ate lunch. Then for a third time, he changes his story and says that him and Amanda did go to Off the Hook, but they did not eat lunch and he left her sometime around 2 o'clock and at 5 p.m., he arrives back at the Civic Center and her car was still sitting there. He further goes on to tell Amanda's mom that when he got back to the Civic Center and her car was still sitting there, that Amanda was inside the car talking on her phone, but he did not speak to her. But right away, her mom knew that this was not the case because Amanda's car did not have air conditioning in it. I mean, it was August 14th, very hot time of the year, and Amanda was just due any day. There was just no way from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock she had been sitting in her car talking on the phone with absolutely no air conditioning. When the police arrived over to Amanda's parents' home to take all of their statements, while they were there, Brian just happens to call and the police get on the phone and let Brian know that they're going to be coming by his home to ask some questions. The very next day after this phone call, Brian and his girlfriend Stephanie both hire lawyers. If that doesn't scream guilty, 
I don't know what does. Her family had no idea that Brian even had a girlfriend, so finding out that his girlfriend hires an attorney as well just put so many knots into their stomach. Despite Brian and his girlfriend both lawyering up, the police go over to Brian's home, and of course, Brian refuses to speak or answer any of their questions. The only thing that Brian and his lawyers did agree to was a consented search, which basically means the property owner tells the police where and where they cannot search on the property. I have seen several pictures of the Westfall property, which is Brian's parents' home he lived at at the time, and this is a huge, huge plot of land. Brian's family are cattle owners, so the majority of this property is just all grasslands, and there is a small pond, which has not been searched, and then there is some trees, but for the majority of the part, it's mostly grass. Amanda's family felt like they were super let down by this entire search and that was not handled properly. Prior to Amanda's disappearance, there was never a concrete area on the Westfall property. Right after Amanda's disappearance, and I mean within days of her disappearance, there was a random concrete slab poured behind the Westfall home in a very random location. This concrete slab has never been dug up or searched. Amanda's family has felt failed in every way possible when it comes to the investigation into her disappearance, and they have every right to feel that way. It has been well over 13 years since her disappearance, and they have basically had no choice but to do their own digging into what happened to their daughter. Amanda's father used to be in the military and his old unit at one point had even offered to come out to the area to help search for Amanda and the police department told them absolutely not. Another time, a very professional organization who has professional search teams also wanted to come out to the area to assist in the search for Amanda and yet again, the police department told them absolutely not. This left Amanda's family feeling completely helpless. Her family would spend many hours near the Westfall home handing out flyers hoping to find their daughter and or some type of information that could lead them into the right direction. But every time they were out canvassing the area, passing out flyers and pictures of their daughter, the Westfall family would show up on ATVs threatening them to leave the area and would go as far as sending dogs out on them to run them off. This is not just a missing person. This is a missing woman who is due to give birth any day. Why are they not trying harder? It's hard for Amanda's family to know that the very last contact that anybody had with Amanda was on August 14th at 1.15 p.m., which was when she was with Brian. A family member had called to ask Amanda about a Mary Kay order they had put in with her, and they said that she was completely distraught and really upset, but they weren't sure what was happening. Then the police check the -the off-the-hook restaurant camera footage, and of course, Brian Amanda never show up that day. Then the police check the Civic Center camera footage to check on Brian and Amanda's interaction that day, and of course, the cameras at the Civic Center where Brian works just so happen to not be working that day when they work any other day. Brian and his girlfriend lawyer up immediately, and when they lawyer up, they consent to a search, but only a consented search, so only some parts of the property get searched. A random concrete slab is poured within just days of Amanda's disappearance, and the Westfall family has done everything they can to keep people away from that area. The police, over and over, have told Amanda's family that they believe Brian Westfall was responsible for Amanda's disappearance, but no real effort has ever been put into finding Amanda. Not only did her family lose their daughter, but they also lost their grandbaby. And to make matters worse, Hannah lost her mother, who she was extremely bonded with, and her baby brother that she never even got to meet. 
meet. Since Amanda and Hayden's disappearance, Brian Westfall has passed away from a sudden stroke and her family feels like they are never going to get the answers that each and every one of them deserve. Amanda K. Jones is from St. Louis, Missouri and has been missing since August 14, 2005 and she was last seen at the Hillsboro Civic Center in Hillsboro, Missouri. She is a Caucasian female with brown hair and light blonde highlights. She stands at 5 feet 8 inches tall and weighed approximately 215 pounds at the time of her disappearance. At the time, Amanda was 9 months pregnant and due to give birth to her baby any day. On the day of her disappearance, Amanda was wearing a pink sleeveless top pink and white flowered skirt, pink sandals, and was carrying a pink purse. Amanda has a tattoo of a dolphin on her left breast. She often does wear eyeglasses, but on the day of her disappearance, she was wearing her contact lenses. If you have any information about the disappearance of Amanda K. Jones, you are encouraged to call the St. Louis FBI at 314-589-2500. If you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join a Crimeaholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram where I will have pictures of Amanda posted. Or if you like, you can follow me personally on Instagram at this is Kenzie, K-E-N-Z-I underscore. Crimeaholics, as always, be aware and take care.